Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep and more. It's coming to the end of the year and for many children, it's also coming to their end of preschool care or daycare before they head to big school. It's the end of an era and for many parents, it can be both sad and exciting to see their little person move on to primary school. Schools themselves will often have orientation days for the new students, but there are some things we can do as parents to help our children be ready for big school. Anthony Saman is an early education consultant at Saman and Slattery. Hi, Anthony. How are you? I'm really well. How are you going? Good, thank you. Okay, so it's very opportune that I've got you in here because my son starts big school next year. I'm feeling quite emotional about it. It doesn't surprise me. I'm an emotional person. But what do we know about how children might be feeling about big school? I mean, parents, we have our issues. But what about the kids? How do they generally feel about it? Look, I think their feeling really depends on what happens. There was some really interesting research done with some children. And I carried out some research interviewing around about 400 children three months after they started school. And I had one particular question. What would have made school easier for you? And there was some other research that um, kind of mimicked that. You know, the number one thing that comes out is, I wish someone had told me the rules. Oh. And there were some fabulous things <laughs> children had said. And I'd, I'd love to share that with your <laughs> listeners. Like, don't be cheeky. Uh-huh. And another child said, um, I wish someone had told me I wasn't allowed to touch the piano in the classroom. And then when we said, you're not allowed to, he's like, so why have it here? And I thought, well, that's a really good question. The other one was, you know, you have to sit on the floor when the teacher plays the triangle. And I said, yes. And he said, well, in daycare, that's when you start to dance. And so children were just, they were so fascinated about wanting to know the rules. The other thing which was really interesting for young children, was this absolute fear of the bathrooms. You know, in daycare, the bathroom is kind of the networking space. You go in there, (laughs) you talk to your friends, you exchange war stories. Well, then they go into these schools with these really high ceilings in the bathrooms. No soap. Now, remember, we've constantly told children, wash your hands, wash your hands, there's germs. They go into this germy space and they're like, where's the soap? And they all freak out. And then they have to learn how to lock the door in the Uh. toilets. And so I think the one thing you can teach your kid is how to exit from under the door in case they get locked in. So, you know, children um, in most cases, they're pretty okay with going to school. I think the problem we have is, as parents, we share war stories with them. You know, oh, school wasn't kind to me. You know, oh, I didn't like my kindy teacher. Hope you have a good one. I mean, all you're doing is instilling the fear of God in these poor four-year-olds. And um, yeah, I mean, there's so much we can do and I'm sure we'll get into the practical stuff. But children, in most part, are pretty excited about this transition if we don't start talking about it from February. Yeah. Because uh, there's so much prepping that happens. You know, between February and January the next year, that's a long time in the life of a child. Mm. So what about now? If it's November, December, and they start next year, is it appropriate to start kind of, I know that orientation tends to happen towards the end of November at school. Would that be a good time to start? It's a great time to start. And there are some really simple things that parents can do. Number one, if I may, I want to make a distinction because this is where it gets confusing for people between 
transition to school and school readiness. See, school readiness, people usually think about something like cognition. Can they write their name? Can they count? You know, great, fantastic if they can, but that's not what it means to really be ready for school. All the research says, is your child emotionally ready for this transition? So if we see transition to school as being emotionally ready to go, then there's a whole heap of stuff that parents can do, like drive past the school, point it out, tell nice stories. If you have no nice stories, make them up. <laughs> like make up a story about how fabulous your teacher was and how caring they were. Other simple things like I know that most parents want their child looking really kind of fabulous on day one, shiny shoes, new outfit. Let them wear it over the summer break. There's nothing worse than wearing brand new shoes for like seven hours. Usually the first time a child's worn shoes for seven hours. Let them wear them in over the summer break and then take them to a cobbler to polish them up if you really want your child to have no scratches on their shoes. Other simple things. Most adults don't like drinking from a bubbler. That's why they've got cobwebs on them. (laughs) Many schools are banning water bottles. Take your child to a bubbler in public. Keep a smile on your face, like don't think germs as a parent, and teach a child how to use a bubbler because that's what they'll be using in schools. Those very small things actually make a really big difference. And the other one was teach your child how to use a lunchbox. You know, start packing lunches over the summer break, even in the morning, get your child's lunch ready for that day. Even though you're going nowhere, you might be going to the pools, use that lunchbox, help them get the lunch ready put it in the lunchbox so when it comes to actually lunchtime, they can access it and know how to unlock the lunchbox and use it. They're really simple things that make a big difference to children who may be scared of lunch in case they can't unwrap the glad wrap. I mean, welcome to the life of most adults. (laughs) Um, So these are just really simple things that parents can do. The other, it, can sorry, I, sorry to interrupt, but just you reminded me then of something that my daughter found really challenging and... She was quite an anxious little girl. Mm. The bell freaked her out every time. And it goes back to what you say, you just said about rules. Yeah. She didn't, she'd never heard a bell. Like they had a bell to um, indicate the start of recess, the end of recess, lunch, end of lunch. She actually didn't understand what the bell was for. And so she was always worried about bell time and she was always worried about the toilet, but not in terms of getting stuck in there, but she was worried that she'd need to go in class and that she'd get in trouble for for that. Yeah. And you know, how much confidence does it take to announce a bowel movement in front of your colleagues? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And these young children now in school and they can't just get up and go. For a number of reasons, most schools want the youngest children to go with someone else. And so they do have to say in front of their friends, colleagues, I need to go to the toilet. You know, that takes a lot of confidence. And we know for a number of children who are perfectly toilet trained, when they go to school, they may start wetting themselves again because of that fear. The other thing we can do as parents is you pack spare undies. This is a very emotional time for children. It's a big transition in their life. And for many of us, we've been talking about it to them for three months. And so there's kind of like this build up for this one day. And they're thinking there's going to be fireworks and dancers. <laughs> and, and they leave just really tired and many excited. Many don't know they have to go back the next day and the next day and the next day. And by the time the weekend, they just want to veg out. 
And I think as a parent, be prepared to do nothing that weekend. You know, it's probably not the weekend you do something with your child to spoil them to say thank you, other than just hang out, summer, go to the beach, chill, keep them away from other family members, you know, like (laughs) relatives, because they've just been in big groups all week. And they're probably yearning just to hang out with you as a parent and just do some little us time. So that's really important, I think, to, to keep in mind. When we talk about transition to school, some people think about my child can't write their name or they can't count to 10 or, or, or might be anxious about those things because you'll always hear stories of children who start kindy and they're able to read. Um, should we... Should there be any basics that we need to be certain our children can do before they start school in an academic sense? Look, in an academic sense, I would say just pull back a bit. You know, they're going to learn to read. They're going to learn to write. They're probably already playing with numbers and letters and they're using mathematical concepts that as adults we haven't recognised like come here, positional language. I want more. That's quantity. You know, we have these very strong, hard, limited definitions of how maths looks like in the world. But when you speak to mathematicians, they'll probably say your child knows maths. So just let's pull back on this. But there are some things that are important for children, like can they make independent decisions? This is a really important thing. Can they follow two or three instructions? You know, simple things like, and I you know, talk to parents about this, because the school will say things like, go to your bag get your books and come and sit down. And I say to families, can your child follow two or three instructions and follow through with it? And most parents are in shock because what they think is, go to your bedroom, put your pyjamas on and come back to me. And children don't go to the bedroom. They don't get their pyjamas. And so they go, (laughs) my child's not ready for school. But then I just say, ask them to go to the fridge, get an ice cream and come back. It's, it's about following a sequence of ideas, and that's really important because schools operate like that. You know, do they separate well from you? Most children separate okay from their families. I'm sure we'll talk about parents not separating very well from their children <laughs> and, and doing what we know as transference, putting our anxieties on their child. Are they interested in other children? Do they get on with other children? I had a father share with me actually last night at a transition to school presentations, uh, presentation I did, saying, you know, I'm very concerned because my child has English as a second language and I'm not sure that she will cope with school next year. And I said, what are her receptive skills like? If you talk to her, does she understand? He said, yes, she does. I said, we're fine. Anyway, the early childhood teacher was in the room and she, she tapped him on the shoulder and said, she doesn't shut up. children talk with other children they may not talk to you I think most children find their parents quite boring actually but we want them to interact with other children and they may interact in other contexts so it's important when you're assessing this it may not mean they talk at the dinner table but when they're with other children people they like do they interact can they concentrate on a task and I think the most important thing is when they're frustrated how do they deal with it you know do they melt And then do you melt as well? Because school will lead to some frustration. You know, they'll be tired. And when you're tired, you get frustrated. Things irritate you when you're tired. And so how are they going to deal with this? Can they articulate to the teacher, I'm feeling very tired or I'm angry or I'm hungry? 
my daughter, when she was five, didn't really have any close friends. And I would say the same of my son. He's very close to his cousin, but that's probably about it. Of course, once they start school, you want them to make friends. What should we, how can we support our kids and what is reasonable to expect of the first year in terms of friendships? Don't ask them on the first day, did you make friends? You know, like it takes a while to warm up to other children. And there can be this expectation that you've kind of got a friend for life after the first week at school. And that's not what it's about. Because sometimes those questions can induce anxiety in children. Because what they might hear is, I should have made friends by now. As opposed to asking questions like, did you like hanging out with people? Was there someone that you spoke to? You know, in time, they will find their mojo and find their gang that they like to hang out with. It's really important for parents to be the president of their child's fan club and to advocate. So connecting with the teacher and asking questions like, are they sitting on their own at lunch? When we do group activities, do they interact with others. See, this is all social skills as opposed to friendship because social skills then builds friendships. If they don't have the social skills like interacting with people, being part of a group activity, pretty hard to find a friend later on. But those are the skills that we should be focusing on. It's great if your child knows someone who's already there. And that's why I say to families, ask the school or if your child goes to a play group, an early childhood program, find out who's going where and hang out over the summer break together. Organise play dates. Organise going to school together that morning. Meet those parents in the playground 10 minutes early so those children can have a play together. Also remind your child that the person they like to hang out with may not be in their class but they will be in the playground and that they can wait to find their friend in the playground. But you know, socialising... And learning to build these relationships, I think, is often harder for an adult than a child. Children can naturally just connect to someone and kind of roll with the punches. And in a big setting like a classroom, inevitably they'll find someone they will talk to. And if it's not a child, they'll find a teacher who will reach out and connect with your child. But if you are concerned, ask the teacher. Let's talk about the first day. Uh, when Darcy, my eldest, went to school, I thought everything was cool. Like I thought, I actually did think I was going to be a mess. And when I wasn't, I was delightfully surprised because I didn't want to make her upset. But I took the step, literally the step from the inside of the classroom to the outside and I just burst into tears and I didn't know where it came from. And then I just kept walking so she couldn't see me. But I was, before that time, I was really nervous that I'd end up crying in front of her because I was so emotional about it. Not saying all parents are that way, but if you are a parent who thinks they're going to be quite emotional on the first day, what's the best way to handle that so that you don't freak your kid out? Yeah. Look, transition to school for children, we look at it from an ecological model. That is, it doesn't just affect the child, it affects the community, the extended family. And the parents. So be prepared for that emotional roller coaster. You know, we talk about things like, you know, the night before making your child, ensure that your child has a good sleep. Same for you as a parent. Have a really good sleep. You know, prepping the night before. Get things done the night before, like preparing the lunches. Now, why? So you can spend more time with your child that morning rather than running around like a headless chook. These are really important. 
connect with other families and realize that you're not the only one who's feeling the same because, you know, in their last social group, they were the biggest kid, they were the oldest, now they're the smallest. They look like a baby as they float in this kind of, these, <laughs> these dresses that are like, it's like that one size fits all, but it doesn't fit my child because it's five sizes too big. We used to invite parents back to the childcare centre for champagne. Oh, I love that. A kind of come come together. I would also say if you can get the day off, get the day off. Don't go to work. You just sit there sobbing, looking at photos <laughs> on your phone, wanting empathy from your colleagues who really don't have time to be empathetic. Treat yourself. Go and do something with your girlfriends or your boyfriends. Organise a day out, luncheon. Don't go to the school two hours beforehand waiting because that's gonna that will seem like a really long time. But just to be aware that we as parents will be going through something that our child will be going through. And that's okay to say, I'm not okay. You know, I'm I'm really struggling with separating. And I would say just clean up your act before you see your child that afternoon because you don't want to transfer your anxieties onto your child. And I know in our in our desire to want to make it okay for us, we want to know it was okay for them. And then we ask a million questions. Did you love it? Did you make a friend? You know, what did you learn? And the kid's probably going, I don't know, I spent four hours trying to find my bag. <laughs> you know, I went to the toilet and couldn't find my classroom again. And we just want reassurance it was okay. You'll find the reassurance in their face. And you know what? If it's not okay, that's Okay. Your child's got 13 years to get used to this thing. <laughs> and so you just got to chill a bit as a parent and not expect it to be perfect for your child nor for you. It's big. It's really big. And you know what? By your third kid, you just go, whatever. Yeah, drop you off. <laughs> Uber yourself to school, son. <laughs> um, and what about those first weeks and months of school? What should we be prepared for? With our kid, like what should we keep our eye on? Well, they'll, they'll, some of them will tell you they don't want to go back. They'll be really tired. It might even disrupt kind of family life because, you know, they will come back quite tired from school. And when you perhaps had tea at six o'clock, they want it at five o'clock so they can go to bed. Um, weekends, they'll be just knackered and want to just veg out. And, you know, all our rules about you can't watch telly because it'll affect you for life. You're going to have to probably say, you know what, this would be a nice time for us as a family on the weekend just to chill a bit, not to make all these plans. And particularly if you're feeling guilty, you want to do things with your child, I think the best thing you can do is just sit on the couch on a Saturday night with your child and just hang because that's when they're kind of gathering their energy up because you know what it's like after a big week. You don't want to do anything. And these children have big weeks at school to start with. So it comes to the weekend and they may not want to play with their cousins. They may not want to go to the local shops where previously they did. So the routine is disrupted because this child's now in full-time work called schooling five days a week. So just be prepared for the routine to be disrupted to some degree. Such great advice. Anthony, thank you so much for your time today. You're so welcome. That's Anthony Saman. He's an early education consultant at Saman and Slattery. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Hold up. 